0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special episode of Radically Loved. We are officially on our break, my friends. I've been looking forward to this for months. I'm so excited to share this very special episode with you all. As some of you may know, I have another podcast called Wise Women Inspiring Success and Empowerment. It is a fully bingeable podcast that you can search in wherever you get your podcast and listen to all 10 episodes. This was part one of my favorite interview of all time with one of my heroes, Elizabeth Gilbert. Be sure you check out the rest of the episodes. It is truly one of my favorite projects to date. Here's my conversation with Elizabeth Gilbert.
1: Being able to feel in your intuition, what is the thing that it really wants to happen next? Um, Not the thing that I want to have happen next but the thing that wants to happen next. And what is my role in nourishing that as a gardener?
0: Hello everyone, welcome to Radically Loved Radio. I wanted to create a place where people can go to to get inspired, get motivated, or find some clarity and get tools to create a radically loved life. I will do my best to provide information on a variety of subjects, including yoga, holistic health, life coaching, spirituality, meditation, and overall mindful living. Each episode will bring you some of the world's best spiritual leaders, entrepreneurs, yoga teachers, coaches, along with some of my closest friends, and we will talk about their life experiences and journeys to create something more out of their lives and how they continue to grow to make that happen. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to WISE. I'm Rosie Acosta. WISE stands for Women Inspiring Success and Empowerment. This is a 10-part podcast series featuring interviews with successful, inspirational women in business, art, entertainment, and more. At some point in our lives, we all learn to believe certain things about the world and our place in it. Promises about what we're capable of, how we're supposed to act, what we're supposed to think. They're repeated to us frequently that we manifest them into our reality. Whether it's truth or not, eventually we start repeating these mantras to ourselves. But what if they're not true? What does it take to unlearn something that you've believed about yourself for as long as you can remember? I discussed that topic today with Elizabeth Gilbert, best-selling author of E Pray, Love, City of Girls, and Big Magic. On her journeys professionally, personally, and spiritually, Elizabeth has had to learn and unlearn many facts about herself, sometimes more than once. As you might expect with such an accomplished author, Liz certainly has a way with words, and so instead of editing our conversation down, we've decided to release it in two parts. Please enjoy part one of Wise's conversation with Elizabeth Gilbert. To me, wisdom is, is something that is, um, it's something, I don't even know that it's inside of us. I think it's something that exists within the fabric of everything. It's like infiltrated in our being. And I don't think it matters how old you are or how much experience or non-experience you have. I think experience absolutely does help to garner wisdom. But I feel like for so many of us, we're in this world of instant gratification. Everything needs to happen instantly. We are constantly searching for um, validation and um, approval. And I feel like wisdom is one of these things that happens when we live through experiences and we learn from them, and we can then experience our lives through them. I guess. I'm curious for you, like what your definition of wisdom is, and and with regard to just being able to look at women in specific, specifically women, um, what that role has played in your life. I mean, I know that this is a very broad and <laughs> am, very like ambitious of me to try and get you wait, to answer wait, throw that me to softball
1: a, to start. Right, right I know. <laughs> I know.
0: <laughs> but I just feel like because you you are this, for me, and one of the reasons why I want, not one, I mean, there's millions of reasons why I wanted to have you on the show and just to have a conversation with you. But I feel like for me, you are such a incredibly uh, grounded and embodiment of what wisdom is, just in your whole life, your whole experience, everything you talk about, everything you've been through, your... Uh, your wins, your losses, everything in your life. You're so transparent about talking about all of the lessons. And I think it's so inspirational for somebody like me, which obviously you know my background. Like it's, it's so inspiring. And obviously, like I, I want to hear about what role that plays in your life and the women in your life and how they have helped shine a light in in your own process of acquiring that wisdom.
1: Okay, let's play. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go with it. A couple strands of thought are coming to me. Um, The first thing is I'm realizing that I've never been asked for a simple definition of what wisdom is. And so as you were talking, I was like, how would I say that in one sentence? And I think that for me, and this is just from my own lived visceral experience. Wisdom is the gentlest path through life on life's terms. Um, The wisest, calmest people that I know are the ones who live their lives in the least amount of resistance to the will of life itself. Um, And every time that I have Try to insert my will my ego my um my instant gratification unfettered desires my anger my resentment anytime that i I've, I've imposed myself on that my dear friend life has corrected me <laughs> My dear friend, life has corrected me sometimes instantly, sometimes almost instantly, and that correction has been painful and and deep a deep cut, and from it, more wisdom has been learned. Um, I had a friend who used to say that there are three kinds of people in the world. There are people who will never, ever learn wisdom. They will never learn wisdom no matter what happens to them, no matter how many consequences they endure, no matter how much pain they have to be in, no matter how many you know, exploding instances of their life that they have to do. They just just won't and can't learn. Um, That's one category. And and it's an argument. There's an argument to be made that it's most people. (laughs) And then the second category of people are people who become wise over time because they learn from their own mistakes. And Mm -hmm. so their own mistakes act as teachers for them. And they learn from that. That's the category that I'm in. Um, And then the third category are people who are really brilliant the absolute geniuses there's just a small number of these and that's people who learn from other people's mistakes (laughs) (laughs) so you just watch someone else do it and you're like yeah there's got to be an easier way to do it than that And, and um and that's that is a particular kind of genius but i'm the sort of person who needs i'm such a I'm such an empiricist. I, I, I am such an experiential person mm-hmm. and um, and I've always been somebody who's had to go roll around in the actual world in order to learn anything. I have to learn it in my own skin. I have to learn it. I won't, don't trust your teaching. I'll try it on, I'll try it out, but I won't just trust it because somebody said so. Um, so I've been knocked around a bit by my experience of not being able to learn boundaries until I've crossed them at 100 miles an hour. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, been like, oh, I guess that was the boundary back there 10 miles ago. Okay, now I get it. Um, you know, and, and and I think that there's something, there's a certain degree of magic that's involved with wisdom. And, and in and the word magic, I'm going to. Quote my beloved friend, the teacher Martha Beck, who says that her definition of magic is um, magic is nothing more than knowing and understanding the thing that wants to happen next. And then aligning yourself with the thing that wants to happen next and becoming a channel through which the thing that wants to happen next can happen. So you and I were speaking a little bit before the podcast and you were talking about your book and you were talking about going out into this not even post COVID, middle, like right in a couple weeks ago, you know, we're in April now or May now, but a couple weeks ago, you were out there in the middle of the greatest pandemic the world has seen in a century, trying to sell a book that that you were writing. And you said, I had to do it. Um, friends were advising me against it. They were saying, this is a really bad time to be going out in the publishing world. But you were like, I had to do it. Um, and, and I was like, it's because the book wanted you to. <laughs> I don't know if, if you remember me saying that, but I really believe yeah. you had to do it because you were acting in alignment with the thing that wanted to happen next. And the thing that wanted to happen next was that Rosie's book was finally published and you were just an agent and letting that occur. That So wisdom and the magic to be in alignment with the thing that wants to happen next and the extraordinary magic, the incredible, all transforming, maturing power of being able to step away from something that doesn't, want to happen next rather than bashing yourself with trying to make it occur that is also wisdom and there's not a lot of that wisdom in this culture because we live in a, a very immature and kind of entitled culture where people believe and it's kind of a tenant of our culture that you can have anything you want if you like fight hard enough work hard enough struggle hard enough we're all adults here, so I'm just going to let you know that a really important strand of wisdom is recognizing that that is, in fact, not true. <laughs> and all of our lives show lots of evidence as to how that is not true. Um, if it were true that I could have everything that I wanted, there, are, I won't even get into it, but I, the, the fact is that I can't. Um, and and when I fight that and resist that, I suffer and other people suffer. And so I think that the, one of the most important pieces of wisdom that I've gained that differentiates me now at 50 from who I was at 25 was it's really so much simpler for me now to go, oh yeah, there's nothing that's gonna work here. Um, I'm gonna excuse myself from this situation. I'm gonna excuse myself from this relationship. This is already too hard. This isn't the easy way. This isn't the gentle way. This isn't the thing that wants to happen next, apparently. And and I'm not going to suffer and struggle to try to make something happen that the universe doesn't want to have happen, and I'm mm. okay with that. Um, so that was my attempt to answer your question.
0: <laughs> no, that's really – no, I love – and I love what you said because that's actually what spawned this whole podcast. You know, the whole idea was that we are in a, a current – State socially, culturally, where we want things to happen quickly i mean i was I was running and i was i wasn't see that's the thing it's another thing like this pod the whole idea of this podcast and how it's all just come together I was just it came in, and I was like, you know what? why is it that we feel just in our society that things happen quickly? You know, what, what happened to the art of patience? I mean, you say that to me two months ago when I was like, how long is this going to take to finish this book? How long, you know, it's like, I, I quit at least five times in the last five years, you know, but it was in those moments where I recognized, okay, patience is the number one lesson that I learned during this whole process. And I think just to your point, that feeling of allowing whatever is happening Uh, evolve without the force of my will and just accepting things as they are is just, if anything, it just is more comfortable to go through as opposed to just being in this forcing state where a lot of people want to uh, grow their Instagram quickly or they want Mm -hmm. instant... Uh, t- 10 times your growth in one week, lose 10 pounds in five Double days Double your money without Double- having
1: to leave your home.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, all these things. Yeah. And that's where this whole idea of what is happening to our ability to just wait and, and be patient. I mean, and I've read all of your books, one of which is right here. Um, <laughs> but this whole idea of, being patient with the experience of experience, like if you're you're planting a seed and seeing the flower grow, it doesn't. You know what I was thinking about? Do you remember chia pets?
1: Do I? <laughs> <laughs> of course, I remember chia
0: pets. Do, do you remember how like oh, they, you just water them and they grow in five whatever? It was like a an. an I'm sure it was like a GMO seed that just grew really quickly. But I I feel like we're really losing touch with the idea of experience and having to actually go through stuff in order to acquire that discernment that you're talking about so eloquently.
1: Um, I was remembering that uh, the the guru in India who I went to study with when I was there at the ashram used to say um, instantaneous bliss Dissolves instantaneously. <laughs> um, and it's very, very true. Um, this, this idea of an overnight transformation, overnight transcendence, because people would come there and they would have these experiences of instantaneous bliss. They would drop into some heightened meditative state and all of a sudden they would be like, well, my whole life is going to be bliss from now on. And it's like, well, what you've seen, what you've been given, it doesn't mean that that experience was meaningless. The way I interpreted it is that you were given a taste of of what serenity and peace and bliss could feel like. Now do the work. Um, mm-hmm. You know, now do the work of of sitting in meditation every day for months and years on end. Now, mm-hmm. now be patient. Um, and and I think the reason that we go to sit at the feet of the great masters um, is that they they <laughs> gave me this analogy: the great tiger hunters, because they have been devoted themselves to the 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 gifts of what can come slowly, um, the long-earned results of long practice and long devotion and deep faith. Um, they, you come to them and you're like, I want to see a tiger. I want to see a tiger. And in, in this case, the tiger is wisdom or the tiger is peace or the tiger is um, whatever the tiger is. I want to see a tiger. I want to see a tiger. And they will say to you, I can't, in a way, they say, I can't make you be able to see the tiger, but I can tell you where tigers are often found. You know, um, so if you go sit by that water hole for months <laughs> and you're very quiet and you're very still, a tiger might walk. You know, you might get to see a tiger, Um, but you're going to have to be really quiet and you're going to have to be really still. And all of this, especially this aspect of being able to feel in your intuition, what is the thing that really wants to happen next? Um, Not the thing that I want to have happen next but the thing that wants to happen next. And what is my role in nourishing that as a gardener, as a steward, as a caretaker of my own spirit? How can I be in alignment with that? It takes a lot of stillness. Mm -hmm. And stillness is just something that, you know, a lot, most of us just didn't grow up ever even hearing of. Um, So, you know, for you to be able to feel like, no, this is the time to to go out and look for the book, not because you're going to, get there with baseball that smash the world open and demand, you know, but just because you are like, I think the book wants this now. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's that's you just being working in conjunction with this thing that's working through you and with you.
0: Yeah. And it and it, you know, just to add to that, it it was also, and I, you know, I want people that are either watching this or listening to this to to know that there were those moments where I needed to just pause and, and not do anything with it and just period of months on end where I was like, you know, I'm just going to shelve it for a bit. It just doesn't feel, I didn't feel aligned with what what I was trying to do. It felt very forced and it felt very influenced by what people think and should, or all oh, this needs to be this way, or, oh, you're a yoga teacher. No, it has to be about yoga. And I'm like, yeah, but my parents were immigrants. Like, I want to talk mm-hmm. about growing up in the environment that I grew up in and and why this is important to me and why this matters. I think that's, that's the point, you know, and getting advice like, Oh, I don't know. People are not, people want you to tell them what to do. And I'm like, no, they don't. And I love big magic. You talk about that. You're like, please don't tell, <laughs> please don't tell, please don't give me advice. Like, please don't tell
1: me. <laughs> please don't write a book to try to help people. Right. Please don't. <laughs> and <laughs> please don't I try to help me. Yeah. Tell me your story and then I'll figure it out. <laughs> well, and that's part of
0: that really struck me. I mean, that really struck me in a deep way and I feel like that just that statement really helped me allow the the idea to just evolve on its own. It's like, "Oh, okay, I see now. I don't need to try to make anything happen. It just is going to be what it's going to be." <laughs>
1: Yeah,
0: 100% on that. Whether it's going to be good or not, we don't know. This episode is brought to you by Love Every. Watching the little ones in your life grow and learn is one of the best feelings in the world. But finding toys that help them grow and learn can be challenging. That's what led me to Love Every. Now, I don't have kids yet, but... I do have a goddaughter that is developing and growing extremely fast. Naya is so special and a little yogi in training. Love Every play kits are designed by expert for your child's developing brain. Each play kit is tailored to your child's exact learning stage so they have the right toys for the right time and new play kits delivered for every few months that grow with your child. Play kits come with unique, one-of-a-kind activities and playthings that are built to endure plenty of play. And each kit comes with a play guide that's packed with expert tips, ways to play, and do-it-yourself, at-home activities your kids will love. Naya's first love-every toy was the super-sustainable sink with bio-based cups and plates. She's obsessed with the running water. It's such a great way for her to enjoy playing with the sink and using the running water to tap it on and off. She's captivated by the water flow and it's a really great way for her to learn how to help her mom around the house. Take the guesswork out of your child's play. Choose Love Every today and get free shipping when you sign up to receive your play kits at loveevery.com forward slash loved. That's L-O-V-E-V-E-R-Y. Dot com forward slash loved for free shipping. Love forward slash loved. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. BetterHelp's mission is making professional counseling accessible, affordable, and convenient. So anyone who struggles with life's challenges can get help anytime, anywhere. BetterHelp offers access to licensed, trained, experienced, and accredited psychologists marriage and family therapist, clinical and social workers, and board-licensed professional counselors. You can pay a low flat fee for unlimited counseling with your counselor. Counseling doesn't have to be expensive. There have been thousands of people who have benefited from online therapy, myself included. With BetterHelp, you can switch counselors at any point if you don't feel like you're getting enough benefit. And you can do it at your own time, at your own pace. You can communicate with therapists as often as you want and whenever you feel it's needed. Help is always available at the time and place that you need. So if you're ready, head over to betterhelp.com forward slash loved. For a limited time, they're offering all of our radically loved listeners 10% off of your first month. You could also use the discount code loved and it'll automatically be applied. Head over to betterhelp.com forward slash that's L O V E D, or you can simply head over to the info button of this podcast and go to the link directly. A special thank you to BetterHelp for supporting us and our community. And now back to our show. Anyway, yeah. but I want to continue. Um, I want. I've always wanted to. I've always wanted to ask you this. I mean, I hear interviews that you do all the time, and I'm just like, how come nobody's asking you this? So I'm. I'm oh, cool. cool! I'm excited. What's it gonna yeah. be? Well, I, I, it has to do with. Um, your own ability to, you know, learn from other people's wisdom. You know, I want to take, uh, I want to ask you the question regarding your mother and wisdom that she gave you that you were easy to take and other wisdom that she may have shared that it took you a long time to realize. If there was two pieces. I
1: I thought the second part of your question was going to be wisdom that she may have shared that it's taken me a long time to unlearn. (laughs) <laughs> that's good that too. Aspect as well yeah right? um, absolutely and, and it's you know we as children we see our parents as gods and and it takes a lot and I really respected and admired my mother so I took in a lot of stuff that she believed as simply gospel um tried to fit my life to it and then it didn't fit my life um so there was there's been a lot with my mom and it's no it's I, I say this with all love to her it's just I was given a different spirit um, than her spirit. And so there are things that she has taught me that I'm incredibly grateful for, foremost of which is a sense of um, self accountability and um, uh, resourcefulness. Um, the, the, The wisdom of knowing that it's not the responsibility of the world to take care of you. It's your responsibility to take care of you. Um, she taught that to a, to a fault, I might say. You know, I always say my, mother, my mother's number one parenting statement was "You're on your own," you know. And it, I might have been a little young to be like, I'm seven. How am I on my own? You know, but <laughs> she really, really. I mean, my mom was on her own for a lot of her life, and she really wanted to raise daughters who could take care of themselves. And, and a lot of what she taught us was how to do it ourselves. You know, she's going to show it to you once, and then she expects that the next time you can do it yourself. Um, I protested a lot against that as a kid because I wanted to be coddled, but she wasn't having it. And so, um, part of my nature, the nature, the part of my nature that. Maybe in a different household, would have, in a coddling household, might have just been allowed to remain stunted. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really forced and pushed to be really self sufficient earlier than I was comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really grateful for that, as painful as it was at the time, because um, I really did go out in the world and forge my own life, which was something that my mom had wanted for me from a very early age. She always said, I don't, All I want is for you to create your own life. Um, I, you know, that's it. Then there were also messages that she taught that I uh, that I imbibed almost like as if drinking them from the groundwater. They were like principles that were really sacred to her, Um, and foremost among those was that there is nothing more honorable that a woman can be than a wife and mother. (laughs) And I'm laughing at it now because it's hilarious. Just for me, that just doesn't that just does not work. (laughs) And I I can can say that because I've tested it. I'm really good at, like I said, about going out and being empirical and trying things. Um, I really did try to fit into that um, because I really did believe it because I was raised in a household where it was very deeply believed it was an article of faith. It didn't, it it felt like wearing, marriage to me felt like wearing a hair shirt. You know, it felt like, it was so incredibly uncomfortable for me. And then the thought of having children to me honestly Truly and honestly, felt like a death sentence. Um, and I understand that this is not how many women feel. <laughs> I understand because it was always very surprising to me like women who talked about having feeling their biological clock or their breasts aching when they would see a baby and they would want or smelling its head and, and wanting it or picking out baby clothes before they had children. I had exactly the opposite response, which was, um, on the day that I have a child, my life will be over. So thankfully, I didn't go ahead with it because that's somebody who you don't want as your mom. (laughs) Like you don't want that. I feel like I mother the world in other ways, but like how sucky would it be to be, to be the kid who even subconsciously knew that your mother felt her life ended when you arrived, right? Like, so thankfully I didn't do that to any soul or spirit, but I had a lot of guilt and shame around it because I felt as though I had disappointed some really important cosmic, um, the, the most important fundamental cosmic truth, which was really the foundational basis of my mom's entire theology of the world. Um, so, I want to just say there were lessons that I received, there were lessons that I took in, there were lessons that, that shaped my life, and there were things that I had to say. I respect entirely that this is your religion. Um, but this doesn't work for the spirit that I was given to steward through this life. Mm-hmm. So I think that the process of wisdom is also a process of selectively curating and unlearning and not throwing away the entire person and every single thing that they've had to offer, but having the maturity to pick through it. You know, I, I almost feel like at one point, psychically, it's like I, I kind of imagined my mom dumping out her purse on the table and me dumping out mine and, and then just going, okay, this is mine and this is yours and this is mine and this is ours, but no, these this, these keys are definitely not mine. This comb is yours. This, you know, this lipstick is mine and just dividing it up in order to differentiate yourself between you and the sometimes very powerful and always very influential, whether it's positive or negative people who raised you.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. And it totally resonates uh, with me on so many levels, it, especially the whole idea of being a, a mother. I, I've been on a, a fertility journey for the last couple of years. And it's been one of these things where I, again, trying to force the issue, right? It's like, no, it, I'm, I'm this age. I need to be a mom, da, 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 like, it has You check it off the list. And then I started to think, why is this really, do I really want this? Like, is this, mm. do I really want to be a, a parent? And where does that come from? Where, And then I had to go on this whole, you know, inquisition about why, what is the reason behind it? Why do I feel so desperate for it? Is it because I can't have it? Well, there's other things I can't have. And am I torturing my soul just as bad because I can't do something. And, you know, a lot of it, it comes from being raised in a Hispanic household. You know, I'm, you know, in my mid-thirties. I should have had 10 kids by now. You know, like this whole thing where I feel the pressures of not only just who I am as, as a a woman, but who I am in the place of my family and and where I need to be and it just almost added to that, you know, when you feel fine and somebody asks you, "Are you okay?" Like, Are you okay? <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's not all like, "Are you okay?" And it, and it's like, oh, yes. I wasn't
1: even wondering if I'm. <laughs> I know.
0: So so I find it fascinating that we we can be completely, uh, you know, taken over these ideals that people think we should be or, or what we actually believe and how often do we actually take stock on our own and ask ourselves the questions that really matter for ourselves you know to really sit and ask ourselves those questions mm-hmm. is this something that i really want why do i want it and who am i without this thing who who will i be without it and then when i was able to answer those questions i was like oh okay well, mm. I want to be a parent and maybe it doesn't look like how it looks for everybody else. Like maybe it just is going to look different. And there's no time stamp on it. I don't mm-hmm. have to do it now. I can wait five years. I can wait 10 years. I can wait. It, it's, it's I, not I got a, a little
1: hint for you. If you want to okay. really build relaxation into it, yes. you can wait till the next li- lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like this is how I remember just really letting myself off the hook from it where I was like, Well, I don't have to do this every lifetime, right? You know, like I had this thought like I I, I had this thought where like maybe I've just been having kids like millennia after millennia after century after century, you know, incarnation after incarnation, and maybe I'm gonna take one of these incarnations off. You know, like and have and just take I'm just take it off. I'm just gonna take this one off and I'm gonna do some really fun stuff and letting other people raise the kids for a while. (laughs) That's fun, and and that just lifted it. Like it just it just lifted it. Where it's like, yeah, maybe I'll come back to this next time. Maybe not. Let's take this. Let's try this. What's it like to be this person? You know, um, and and take this. Let's take this incarnation for a ride in a different way. Yeah. Um. So if that resonates with you, you're free. <laughs> Even Thank <for> you.
0: <laughs> it, abs- it absolutely does. So I want to <laughs> ask just uh, another question with regard to being on this wise sage journey that you're on. Oh, wise sage. I'm curious <laughs> about, I'm curious about um, the women that have inspired you and what inspiration actually means. What is your definition of inspiration and who, are, who have been the women in your life that have um, cultivated that, that have, have planted those seeds of uh, growth within you?
1: So, inspiration. I think I think I'll go with the standard definition. I think it means to breathe into someone. Um, you know, so so to expire is to die um, with the last breath, right? Um, and to inspire is to inhale. So, so there's a level of like trans transmission. You know, a, a, a transmission where you breathe in from somebody what they have already gotten for you. Um, when I think about the women in particular who have inspired me. Um, I've got a sort of eclectic list, but it's, it tends to be women who have, well, of course, women who have um, chosen an unconventional path, (laughs) an unconventional path through life. Um, So going back to, and sometimes there were women who just breezed in for a very quick time into my life put some inspiration breath into me of an idea that was radically new to me and then breezed right out. Um, And one of them that I'm going to think of just returning to this idea of children, when I was 30 and struggling with this idea of whether or not I should have children, I did a photo shoot for GQ magazine where I used to be a writer and Mary Ellen Mark, who was one of the greatest female documentary photographers of the last century, incredible, incredible incredible photographer whose work I'd always admired so much and she was so cool she was like by the time I met her I mean she might god it's killing me to think this but she this is 25 years ago she might have been like how old I am now maybe a little older like 50s 60s she had this like face and being that I would associate with kind of New Mexico hippie rangy she had long gray braids like Willie Nelson but a woman (laughs) and she wore all this like silver jewelry and her face was really lined from being outdoors and she just had, she had such a cool her own iconoclastic style she kind of looked like patty smith and she was photographing me for this article and and we were talking and at that point i was asking everyone i met you know, like every woman I met, what what are you doing about kids? How do you feel about kids? Do you regret having kids? Do you regret not? I was trying to find the answer in everyone, and I'll never forget it. We had this. I feel like she came into my life for just this one thing. She had her face behind her camera. She's doing her work, and she's this incredibly successful artist who's made this huge life for herself. She's got seven studio assistants. She's won how many Pulitzers? I mean, she's just so. Fully in herself. And she's behind the camera. She's taking pictures of me. And then I said, Mary Ellen, did you ever have kids? And she just, you know, it's usually a question that launches this long, like monologues from women, whether the answer is yes or no. And she just goes like this she moves her face to the camera. She goes, never had them, never missed them. And then went back to work. And that was her entire statement. And I was like, wow, that can exist. Like, it can just be like, a four word answer with no ambivalence and like, no, and that was it, you know? And I still get like a a tingling on my scalp, which is always the the feeling I have when I'm in the presence of great truth, where I'm like, well, thank you for that, Mary Ellen Mark. You know, so there's one person who I would say was like, people can come in, they can breathe inspiration in one second, they can leave and your whole life can be changed, you know? Um, And then there are people like my personal, the teacher who's changed my life more than anyone else in the world, Byron Katie, Um, who has a series of practice of um, spiritual teaching. It's not even spiritual teaching. It's sort of philosophical and meditative teaching that's called The Work. Um, That's a a beautiful system of of patient inquiry where you sit with your most troubling beliefs and you ask of your most stressful and troubling beliefs these four questions. Is it true? Can I absolutely know that it's true? How do I react when I believe that it's true? And who would I be without that belief? Um, I have definitely in the last five years really sat at her feet as a student at the feet of the master. I've taken her 10-day class for the work. I've, um, you know, I listened to everything that she produces in the world, and she has transformed the molecular structure of my brain. Um, and then my guru, who I studied with in India, um, Guru Mahi Chidlasananda, um, incredible classic Indian um, Shavik teacher, um, who really taught more through just she was one of those people who you sit in her presence and then you're changed just by being in her presence. There's so many ways to be impacted. Um, and then Martha Beck, who's, one of my, who's become one of my best friends and who has a radical, just such a radical way of seeing the world. When I first had a conversation with her and I got like tuned into her mind and how it works, I remember coming away from it and thinking, I used to think I was playing the game of life pretty well, but Martha... Took the ball and left the arena. She doesn't even play it anymore. Like, she doesn't even engage with it on culture's terms anymore. She's like excused herself from the game as it is played in this culture, and she's doing her own thing 10 miles away from the stadium. You know, and I was like, I want to be like that. (laughs) I don't want to play the game of life by this Mm -hmm. culture's terms anymore. Mm -hmm. I want to, I want to walk away from it completely and do something that's totally my own. And so she makes me feel really liberated and makes me feel like all things are possible as long as you follow your intuition, but only always. And, Mm. um, and that intuition is eavesdropping on the cosmic mind. And there is only one navigational system that is, indisputably yours and that is your own intuition. And um so that has become like she's become a guidepost for me. And then like a million I also have a friend who's a nun in Philadelphia who runs an incredible um nonprofit called um Project Home that works with the homeless in Philadelphia and she's filled me with inspiration because she also is somebody who has followed her own path that does exactly what she wants. It just happens that what she wants is to live in a single room occupancy hotel with a bunch of homeless guys and and give her entire life to taking care of them because she loves them. And she's filled with joy and service. So there's all these levels. Um, And then there's all the female authors that I admire. Like the list is, is extremely long, but I, I think it's way too much pressure. I would never put so much pressure on my mom to say that it was her responsibility to raise me. All of these women have raised me and they continue to raise me. Even me, postmenopausal, 50 50-year-old, I still look for the women who are going to raise me and I'm going to continue to look for that my whole life.
0: Yeah. Oh, talking about, I'm, I'm, I miss hugs. I miss hugging people. I don't know why that just made me feel like, oh, all those yeah. women, they sound amazing. I'm like, I just want to be... In a circle of uh just wise women, I mean in, in fact, this is the other inspiration that came when I thought about this podcast was my my grandmother used to uh, host these weekly prayer circles for all the little you know like hispanic abuelitas and, and grandmothers' mothers on our block that you know were had sons in jails or they were in gangs and and so she would host these weekly prayer mm. vigils they were little you know prayer circles and they would all gather at our you know in our little apartment and she would make hot chocolate and there would be panduts and and everybody would just do these prayer circles but really what it would be is it was a support group they would just all talk to each other and I was little and i mean between the ages of like 5 and 7 this would happen every week. And so I'd sit at their feet and listen to them and I would wow. and I would hear and I would cry when they would cry. You know, I was just so I wanted oh. to I wanted to just help, you know, any way that I could. And and to me, just to be able to experience the wisdom or the support that they gave each other was absolutely it really helped shape who I was and how I treated other women. You know, I never grew up with having that competitive edge with women, you know, that thing, I just always have been obsessed with women. I just always have. I just love all women. I, I think every woman is beautiful and, and wise and loving. And and I know that, you know, everybody has flaws. Nobody's perfect, but. I or really, else everybody is. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and I think that that's, that's one of the things as you're speaking right now to all of the, these incredible women that inspire you. I'm like that. It's just taking me to that space of being Mm. able to sit at the feet of women that are living their path. They're living their, their truth, their, their life, their passion, their Dharma, their calling. And I think there's nothing more inspiring than a woman who can just stand in her own power and be completely unapologetic.